Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In today's episode, we have a homily for Sunday, February 18th, 2024, which is the first Sunday in the season of Lent. We'll begin our time together today with a reading from the first chapter of Mark's Gospel. Mark writes, In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of Christ May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's Gospel reading is found right at the very beginning of Mark's biography of Jesus. This second Gospel is unique amongst the four because its author, Mark, jumps straight in without much preamble at all. Unlike the other Gospels, Mark does not include a birth narrative. There is no baby Jesus in a manger. The very first thing that Mark writes is, The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. From the very first chapter of Mark's Gospel, we see an adult Jesus going public with the announcement of the Kingdom of God. With rapid-fire action, Jesus calls disciples, drives out demons, heals the sick, and announces that all of this has to do with the coming of God's rule. Along the way, Jesus amazes crowds and draws opposition from both the religious and political establishment who begin to plot his death. Before launching into Jesus' public ministry, Mark does take just a moment to securely anchor his assertions about Jesus being the Son of God. Mark tells us that Jesus came from Nazareth to be baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist. As Jesus came up out of the water, God's Spirit descended upon Jesus, and a voice declared him to be the Son of God, in whom God was well pleased. That heavenly declaration is important because it records an objective statement about Jesus' identity. One commentary put it like this, The voice from heaven fulfills the purpose of identifying Jesus' origin. He might come from Nazareth, a place of low honor, but he is God's son. Jesus' honor is ascribed, that is, it is granted by someone in a powerful and honorable position, in this case, the God of Israel. At Christmas, we are told that in the person of Jesus Christ, God took on human form. Jesus' physical birth is an important part of the story, but it's not the whole story. Today, when we hear that voice from heaven, we are reminded that Jesus was also still God. Now, it's one thing if a person claims to be something or someone. It's another thing altogether if someone else makes an objective statement about that person. This is like why we include references on resumes. It's one thing for me to tell you what a great guy I am, but it's something else if someone else tells you how wonderful I am. 
Immediately after Jesus' baptism, Mark tells us that God's Spirit drove Jesus out into the wilderness where he was tested for 40 days by the devil. Mark does not go into detail describing what took place in the wilderness, but there are a few things to note here. First, Mark uses language that describes someone being strongly compelled to do something. It's the same language that will later be used to describe Jesus driving evil spirits out of spiritually harassed people. Mark has just begun telling the story of Jesus, and one of the very first things he described is Jesus confronting the powers of evil head-on. Once again, Mark is not wasting time here. Secondly, we see that this story sets the tone for much of what we will read in Mark's Gospel. From the very beginning of his Gospel, Mark depicts Jesus fighting against spiritual forces of oppression. One of the first stories that Mark includes about Jesus' public ministry describes him teaching in the synagogue and casting a demon out of a man. Mark clearly depicts Jesus taking a confrontational stance against the powers of evil and spiritual destruction. Jesus' confrontation with the powers of evil is a theme that weaves its way all the way through the entirety of Mark's Gospel. Our Gospel reading for today concludes with John the Baptist in jail and Jesus proclaiming that God's reign is near, both for humanity but also for all of creation. Yet today's reading is really only the beginning of the story. That story began on the banks of the Jordan River with Jesus' baptism. From there, the story dives even deeper into the wilderness as Jesus confronted evil head-on. As Jesus emerges from the wilderness, Mark's Gospel depicts him journeying ever closer to Jerusalem, to crucifixion, and eventually to resurrection. Mark continues to describe Jesus' journey as one marked by confrontation and victory over evil. But how do we apply all of this to our lives today? What's the modern-day takeaway? Realistically, John the Baptist was a pretty unique kind of guy. Most of us are not called to do the kinds of things that he did. Similarly so with Jesus. While we can and should look to Jesus as a role model and sincerely try to live out his teachings, there is a distinct difference. Jesus was simultaneously fully human and fully divine. While we can emulate him, we can never become him. Most of us are not called to spend over a month in the wilderness like Jesus did. But similar to Jesus, we all face temptation on a regular basis, and today's story from Mark encourages us to resist those temptations wherever and whenever possible. The mandate to do good and resist evil is a clear part of this text. Experience proves that this mandate is not always as easy as it is clear, however. The good news is that we are offered forgiveness when the going gets tough. But is there more to this story than the directive to do good and to avoid evil? There is one more thing that I would like us to focus on today. I don't know how many of you are familiar with a practice called Lectio Divina. In Western Christianity, Lectio Divina, which comes from the Latin for divine reading, is a traditional monastic practice of scriptural reading, meditation, and prayer 
intended to promote communion with God and to increase knowledge of God's word. Often, this practice will allow a certain phrase or expression from scripture to bubble up to the forefront of our minds. As I read and reread today's gospel reading, one expression stood out in a new way for me. It comes from Mark chapter 1, the 13th verse. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Hmm. And the angels waited on him. This little expression brought a fond memory to mind. It happened a long time ago in a parish far, far away. One beautiful Sunday morning in the spring, I found myself standing in the pulpit of a parish that I was serving. I was just hitting my stride in the homily when a dear parishioner quietly stood up, slipped out of her pew, and glided silently out of the worship space. Knowing her and her story, I knew that she was still grieving the death of someone very near to her. I made a mental note to follow up with her at some point, either after church or during the week. Without being entirely sure why she left, and not wanting to draw attention to her absence, the service continued on for those who remained in their seats. A few minutes later, as I glanced across the congregation, I saw the lady sitting outside the worship space in the narthex. She had been joined by two other women who were quietly consoling their grieving friend. This vignette has always stood out to me as an example of when the church is genuinely being the church. I think it's a great example of one time when we got it right. This all came to mind when I read that line about the angels ministering to Jesus in the wilderness. It made me wonder what it would look like if we, as people of faith, intentionally ministered to others who were experiencing some kind of wilderness in their own lives. In reality, I don't think that many of us will ever experience a literal wilderness filled with wild beasts, but I also know that life does not always feel lush, luxurious, and opulent. It begs the question about where we find comfort in those difficult times. Certainly in prayer, in scripture, and in the sacraments. But how do we receive aid and comfort from other people, particularly other people of faith? Doing so requires us to be vulnerable and authentic enough to admit that we are experiencing difficulty. It means trusting that another person actually does have our best interests at heart. By extension, this also invites us to ask, how we offer support to others when they are in need. Do we take the time to offer care and nurture to others in the same kind of way that we would hope to receive care and nurture ourselves? Let's pray. God of the wilderness, your son battled with the powers of darkness and grew closer to you in the desert. Help us to use these 40 days of Lent to grow in wisdom and prayer so that we may witness to your saving love. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.